Like five, four. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> Welcome to episode seventy of Shailen on Batman. This is going to be the Suicide Squad review episode. So welcome to the show. We have Tom Harper in the heezy. So sunburned. Yeah, man, you look terrible. I mean, you look handsome, but just like a crab. I'm. I have. I have raccoon eyes where my glasses were, and the rest of my. You mean you look like Batman? I do. I really do. <laughs> I'm, I'm two pointy years away from looking like Batman. And we have Kyle Davis. Or Shizzle. We're supposed <laughs> to have one other person, but apparently she... Is she might be calling into the hotline later. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the Suicide Squad. It finally came. It finally happened. And Rotten Tomatoes hates us. <laughs> well, it doesn't hate us. It hates... The DCEU, I guess. They what probably is, hate us, too. <laughs> they're at, what, what is Suicide Squad at right now? Like 26%? Um, I don't know. I'll find out while you talk, though. So that's what's happening. We're going to jump right into it. We're not going to waste any of your time. So I'm going to ask Kyle. Kyle, what did you think of Suicide Squad? Are you going like to ask me first? I'm going to ask you. Well, you can't ask Tom. He's Googling things. <laughs> 26. 26%. 26%. Yeah. I think I have one of the weirder opinions on that movie in that... When I first saw it, I didn't really like it. But then I went back yesterday and saw it again, and I actually liked it quite a bit. So Okay, from the first viewing to the second viewing, what changed your opinion? Like you said, you did the first time, you're like, eh. That's, that's, that's like, I don't really know. Like Maybe I just had better expectations of what to expect from the movie. Maybe the... Um, you have a bad day. I don't think so. <laughs> but now I am. <laughs> sorry no i won't charge you for this session i guess like maybe the first time i'm like all i could think about was like what like what this movie could have been and then after i saw it the second time i'm just like this is what the movie is interesting okay. interesting tom what did you think like your your overall impressions um when it started i was kind of like me with it but as it progressed through, by the end of it, I was pretty hooked. Like I, I thought it was a, it was a good film for me. I, I enjoyed it. Did you have like you said? Uh, it was kind of like meta star. At what point did did it go from being meta? Like actually, I'm enjoying sitting here and watching this movie. Was it the Harley stuff? Was it the Joker stuff? Was well, it I mean, the like the Har- I'm sorry, the Harley stuff and all that. I mean, it was all really good. But like, I think it was when they finally got out of the prison and like they were out and it wasn't super stereotypical bad guys in their prison cells you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they pretty much pulled all the all the classic things out of the book for that like the us- usual tropes and everything yeah mm-hmm. and then i felt like once they got out of the prison and they got their quote-unquote briefing you know and received their 
their clothes and their weapons and stuff, I felt I got sucked in right then and there, and I was good to go. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I was entertained. Like, I have issues with it. We'll talk about those later. But overall, I enjoyed it. I was entertained. I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. I really liked the the. I thought this is one of Will Smith's better films as he had lately. I think this is Margot Robbie's best. I think this is her best portrayal in a movie. A lot of a lot of really good uh, action. I really like Jared Leto. Like at first, I was like, I, I didn't care for because he was a little over the top for me at times. I wouldn't say it was campy, just he was really chewing the scenery, kind of like what Jack Nicholson. But overall, I give the movie a B. Like I, I really there's issues with it, obviously, but I don't think that the that the critics were fair to this film. I really don't. I don't think that it is deserving. Like obviously. The 26% isn't like what the movie is rated. It's just out of 10 people, only two and a half people found the movie favorable, basically. Um, so we, we're trying to put that, if you kind of put that in, you know, into the bigger scope of things, I saw like a lot of reviews that were positive towards it. Even people that gave BBS, you know, you know, bad re a bad review that a lot of those uh, critics were like, I really enjoyed it. Like, it wasn't the greatest thing that you've ever saw, but it wasn't terrible either. Like, there were some really good things in it. I really enjoyed it. Um, my, well, do we want to start talking about like our issues with the film and then talk about the positives, or do you want to talk about the positives first? It doesn't matter. We can talk about all of it at the same time, I think. Um, I think that, like, if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes page, not to keep pumping that, but I, there's another thing about that we'll talk about later. Um, the the audience score is 73 and i feel like that's a much more accurate representation of that film you know i i would put it more at like a low 80s like low to mid 80s but i think 73 is like a fair as opposed to 26 like it's it's definitely not i mean 26 percent like that's almost like a walkout movie you know what i mean like this is crap i don't want to watch this at all so you're saying like it was a b b minus yeah like yeah like a solid b for sure. Pat, where, where would you, if you were to grade it, like one to ten, F dip, A, where, where where is it at for you? Somewhere between a C and a C plus. I'm at like a B B plus. Like my, the biggest issue for me was there's, the as much as I enjoyed the opening, I thought that it was interesting, kind of like sit back and see the prison stuff. But I thought that it's it spent too much time there. Was it like 30, 35 minutes where they're just in the prison kind of introducing all the characters? Although that could have been edited down a little bit. As as, inter as interesting, as fun as they were, like seeing all those cameos. And this is gonna be spoilers. We're gonna, we're gonna spoil this movie. So if you don't want to listen to the spoilers, if you haven't seen the movie yet, then, uh, Stop listening in three, two, one. I really like when I saw Batman and Deadshot on screen for the first time in the winter and snow. That was awesome. That was good. And that his was... voice was changed too. Like it wasn't like that gravelly. Like for some, I don't know if they did something, but it was more. It wasn't like the BBS voice. He was out in the middle of the day too. Like it was kind of like a special. You know what I mean? It wasn't it was like, like early that... night. It was like seven o'clock in the winter time. But it was like. It just didn't feel like it was because uh, Amanda Waller said like she tipped him off, but obviously she knew that she needed Batman to take care of it. She couldn't just send the police because Deadshot's a badass. But I don't know. Maybe it was just like a 
a thing that was taken more lightly by him because it was just kind of like a a pickup for him, just kind of a quick swoop in and save the day and out. Yeah, like like I really enjoyed seeing that. Like I was super jazzed, and then we saw Captain Boomerang, like that cameo from the Flash. That was awesome as well. It's like why I wanted to see more cameos. I wanted to see. I was hoping I'd see like a like a trident being thrust in the earth, and all of a sudden you see shirtless Jason Momoa as Aquaman. That would have been awesome. That's him beat up Killer Croc. That would have been epic. That would be sweet. Yeah, like like all that stuff. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I didn't think. I think they spent a little too much time kind of setting up the world. Like 30, 35, like, it was like 30, 30, like, we talked about this after the movie, Kyle, like, it was like 30, 35 minutes, minutes, wasn't it? Just like a them in the prison. I thought they should have cut that. 30 and 40 minutes, like that. And I didn't care for, like, like, the movie was really fast paced, but then when it flashed to the Joker, like, it was, like, I wouldn't say, like, it slowed the movie down, like, it went to crawl speed, but it was pretty jarring from the pace that we were at. Because those Joker scenes, as good as they are, they were just, the pacing was an issue there. Like, I felt like they should have kept going. They should have kept. Most of the character introductions felt like they were really fast. Like, you could put them in a trailer. Right. But then you got to some other characters, and they're like, no, we're going to slow this down. We're going to build up suspense for this character. It was kind of jarring whenever that would happen, because there's like two different tones going on. Yeah, like I said, like, I think that the Joker stuff, as good as it was, it just was jarring to the point where it, it, the the pacing of it, the speed of that stuff, just, for me anyway, it was just, it, it wasn't that, that continual moving the story forward. I don't know, but for me, that's anyway. Um, and the only other issue that I had was I could not stand the Enchantress story at all. I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. Like, like it was the usual. We're gonna open up this portal to bring all the bad, like, bad guys that mean nothing to Earth. Like we've seen that before in the Avengers and Fant Four Stick. Like all these other movies. Like it's the usual trope. Like as cool. Like if they were to have done something differently, I think that it would have, it would have benefited the final act. But that final act to me was the weakest part for the action. I'm not saying it was the weakest part story-wise or for the character. It was character. the weakest part story-wise. You think, <laughs> I think that, that ending, it, like the final 30 minutes of the movie are absolute garbage in my opinion. I think that the, the character arcs were good because you got to see like a lot of the characters like like the, the there's that scene where Enchantress like shows you what their lives could be like. And you see, like the you see, like the Joker without makeup with Harley and like two kids. That was interesting. I like that. Like you got to see uh, Diablo's family. Like you got to see, and then he's like, "No, like that's not. Like, this is fake. This is not real." And Deadshot, you know, you see Deadshots, and he he kills Batman. Like I thought that was interesting. I thought I like that. But the Enchantress action sequence of she's bringing everyone into the portal, like all those weird characters from in- like Incubus's like. Whatever you those mean the, the putty men from Power Rangers? Yeah, the putties. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what they were. Um, I didn't care for that. It wasn't like it was complete, you know, it wasn't terrible. But it I just have seen this. <laughs> We've seen it before. Like, it's the usual tropes. And, like, it didn't have the usual, I don't know, like, it for what we got, like, the payoff wasn't, the payoff to what led to the final uh, 
action sequence wasn't as you know intense or wasn't as good for for the movie so i don't know that's my opinion of it like what did you got what, what well, this for you guys what 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 did, what did it for me was i <clears throat> i do agree that like the end the last third or quarter of the movie however you want to put it it got kind of mid kind of bad but what did it for me and why i came out liking it and i said it on the way home to myself i said it out loud but uh i said by the end of that film you were so invested in all these characters that when amanda waller shows up and pretty much says well it's time to go back to prison like you really felt bad for these bad guys you know like you were like oh like you you felt like they shouldn't have to go back to that but why shouldn't they they're like the worst criminals that society's had so yeah it only makes sense but i was so vested in those invested in those characters that i was really i was like oh man they gotta go back you know but how else would it go kyle for you what was your we're on this like the negatives for us we're gonna get to the positives later but what was like the glaring issues for you with this film like i know after the movie you're like i'm seeing a lot of the issues that we saw in bbs with the the editing issues was yeah, that yeah. there was some mad deja vu going on there with <laughs> like the thing that stuck out to me the most when i first watched me i was like yeah there's some jarring cuts feels like there's some context missing from some of the scenes and there were some scenes from the trailers that never showed up in the movie so clearly there was some sort of this was some sort of cut of the movie that was not the original like a it was like a studio intervention or something and we'll get to that later. <laughs> that, that is definitely something that we need to mention later. But um, before that, like, uh, Tom brought up a point about the characters and how you felt really invested in them. And I did for some of them, but I also have issues that none of the characters really seem to develop throughout the course of the movie. Like Slipknot? <laughs> he was the best character. He, Dude, most- he was badass. Dude, did you see the way he used that grappling hook that one time? <laughs> Still mechanical grappling. We saw more of him in the trailer than we did in the movie. We did. I wish they really did, like, like in the trailers when he was like, guy eats people, guy shoots people. I wish they were like, Slipknot, he plays with rope. <laughs> he loses his head. Yeah. But, like, most of the characters, they start off at one point, and then by the end of the movie, they still are, like, exactly the same as they were earlier in the movie, except now they have more friends. But... <laughs> So, I mean, like, the only character that really grows and kind of changes, like, personality-wise is El Diablo. I thought you were going to say that's... what happened to him. That shot's still kind of the same. At the start, he's still that badass kind of bounty hunter guy that loves his daughter. And at the end, he's still that badass bounty hunter guy that loves his daughter. That, nice. that never really changes there. Although he did have some great parts of the movie. Like, I liked him. I loved Will Smith. But, like, just as, a like, a story... He didn't grow. He he just kind of stayed the same, and we got to see a couple moments of him just being him. Maybe that's the intention, but I would have liked to have seen some of the characters just grow a bit. Like I want to see more development out of them. Interesting, interesting. Um, I want to ask you guys something, and I want to see if you're on the same page as me. What did you think about the El Diablo death? Is he dead? Are I I'm like. How the hell did they know that bomb was going to kill Incubus? <laughs> there was no nothing that pointed at what's actually going to happen. Oh, yeah, the, this bomb's going to kill the demigod. 
that and isn't like isn't that kind of like El Diablo's thing, like fire and like so shouldn't he shouldn't he be like saved because shouldn't the fire make he got, stronger? He got engulfed in fire, so he died. <laughs> I don't know. Here's, another, here's another thing about character development. What if they had Killer Croc set off the bomb there? Because he's he spent like most of his life being told that he's a monster. So he was treated like a monster, but what if he sacrificed himself to save someone else? Well, he has been That would have been really awesome, but no, he he just kind of chilled back and let the human die. No, he he's got to watch all that BET. BET. Oh he, yeah, Mister. I have an issue though, like Mister. Scott Eastwood not doing anything. I like I have an issue with Scott Eastwood, like really, like what what exactly was his character? Like, is he really supposed to be like GQ? I guess that's what his. I didn't name. even know what his name was until I stayed and watched the credits. <laughs> like yeah that was weird but i couldn't understand like half the stuff that killer croc was saying i could not understand the first yeah. two lines that he said i was like is he just grunting i yeah. i still don't know what he said to this day <laughs> if you can understand him he does say some good lines but it's, it's really hard to understand him like, I mean, like some people had the bane voice issue they couldn't understand bane and they bitched about it i think we're gonna get a lot of that about killer croc like i could not understand half the stuff he was, I was like what what was that like it's and have that bet joke tom had to tell me about it. i was like what did he say he's like <laughs> watch bet i was like oh that's funny oh but i couldn't understand what he was saying so i missed it i was like what what's so funny um i totally forgot what i was gonna say about um but yeah like that th those issues don't deserve the negative like the they don't deserve 26 percent. that's for sure i mean i enjoyed this movie more than i did x-men apocalypse well that, and was, that was that like that was just a bad movie 59 percent or something like i didn't i didn't care for x-men i'm a huge brian singer and x-men fan but i didn't like it like i didn't like apocalypse i mean we're that's a totally different movie but i <laughs> like i was thoroughly entertained I really like the cameos. I like the story. I like Will Smith. I was afraid Will Smith was kind of be, was going to really ham it up and be like really Will Smith in the movie, but he actually had, he was really strong and really, uh, really great in his role as Deadshot. And I'm, I hope that they, they do like a solo Deadshot film because I'd love to see that. Like that scene where he's on top of the roof and he's like bargaining with the guy. He's like, now you're going to give me another million. And he put the, he put the, it was really like Deadpool y. Well, the, the character of Deadpool is based on the character. I know, because Wade Wilson, Slade Wilson. Isn't he based off of Deathstroke? He's he's like a mix of all of them. It's, he's just making fun of all of them. So, um, but yeah, like, I, I really thought that was, you know, strong stuff. I really, I like, I really like the action. I thought the, the action was really strong. What did you guys think, though, of when I'm like, we're, they're setting, like they're going to Midway city to save this person. And you come to find out it's really Amanda Waller. Like to me, like I didn't, if they would have, if they would have, if her story would have been, uh, worked to bring more tension to the movie, I would have liked that. But when it was finally revealed that <laughs> they're trying to save her, I was like, eh, I can do without that. Like, it wasn't anything, like, there wasn't, like, usually the tension should be building towards that moment, but it really wasn't. I don't know, did you guys think that? I honestly kind of called it to myself. I, I, I figured that's what was going on, because she's just such a jerk. <laughs> I really, I, I like the moment, like, where she, like, she's talking with Deadshot, Deadshot comes in there, 
and she just kills everyone. But oh, shot. God. I was like, holy crap. They she has that great line, like, and I'm supposed to be the bad guy here. Yeah. Like, I really thought Viola Davis was really strong. I just didn't think they gave her a lot to do. Like, if she's the central character that's kind of bringing these guys together and that she's being saved, there wasn't really a lot of tension. And even when she was, like, what happened to her at the end? Like, she was being controlled by and changed. Oh, you're still alive. She had, like, magic going into her ear so they, like, knew everything and all the top secret stuff. And then I don't know what she just, like, walks out. She's like, I got this thing that'll blow you up still. That was... I, I would have liked to have seen a better transition there, for sure. So all, so it sounds like we got most of the negative stuff out of the way. Going back, so, just going back really quick. Does anyone else have really big issues with the way Rick Flagg handled that situation with Waller in the, in the room there? He spends the whole movie criticizing... <laughs> Deadshot for being a killer, but then as soon as as soon as Waller Waller like kills a bunch of innocent people, families, he's like, no, nothing to see here. It's okay. It's okay. Let's move on. It's like totally okay with that. I don't know. I understand it's his boss, and you don't really want to like call out your boss from on shit, but it's just like, oh yeah, Dead Deadshot. You know he's over here killing innocent people, but Waller killing innocent people. Okay. I don't know. Like I thought he was really strong. Like I saw his motivations. I really liked him. I think that was his best role. I really would have liked to see. Like he's a really strong actor. Really would have liked to see his RoboCop develop more into like more deadly kind of a RoboCop. I thought he was really (laughs) wasted in that movie. But like here, I thought he was pretty strong. Uh, He was strong. Like just the emotion that he brought in. Like the flashbacks of him trying to save June in the hospital, like those kind of things that I thought that was interesting. So I don't know. Like I know like real issues with it. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but those weren't, those things are minor for me, I guess. Like there's no major things wrong with it, but it's just like a lot of little things that add up for me that kind of bring down the experience. <laughs> like the movie could have been way better, but that's something that we can talk about later. Um, So positive stuff. Uh, let's talk about our favorite moments in the movie, and then we'll talk about our favorite characters. Okay, Tom, what is your favorite moment in Suicide Squad? It's kind of a really hard question. Um, favorite moment. One of my favorite moments was definitely the uh, the Joker Harley scene where they had broke out and they were at the club i thought that was really cool and it showed how they're both crazy in their own way and how they use each other's craziness to play off of each other to create mayhem but totally have under everything under their control it was just their margot robbie and jared leto's chemistry chemistry. the chemistry is joker and harley quinn was just spot on in my opinion Kyle, favorite moment on the within Suicide Squad? Without a doubt, it was the part where Deadshot jumps on that police car and he's just mowing down those alien things. That, that was pretty awesome. For me, it was a moment where it's Joker and Harley in the pink Lamborghini, and all of a sudden you see the Batmobile peel out. <laughs> and it was awesome. Like that was like straight up Batman the animated series for me. I was yeah. like, yes! 
It was. I think it was that. It was right there when I... Well, I think it was Waller that was, like, doing the narrating for that. And she was like, she's even crazier than he is. And then she starts shooting the shit out of the car. It was awesome. Like, to me, that's my favorite. Like, the way they were able to pepper Bruce and Batman into the movie was just the right amount um, for me. So, I guess there we need to talk about one other negative thing that we've been seeing a lot online before we really jump into the positive stuff. A lot of people online say that they didn't get to see enough for the Joker. And I've seen an equal amount of people saying that he was in it the right amount because this is more of the suit, like a story of the suicide squad. So it really shouldn't be about the Joker. What do you guys think of that? Do you think that he was in a right amount or do you prefer more Joker? I think we're pointing at you, Kyle. The way they portrayed him made it seem like there was a lot more to be said about him, but then they didn't. So I feel like because of the approach they were going with, they needed to have him in more or not at all. Interesting. Interesting, Tom. I am pleased. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm pleased with how they, how they kind of limited the Joker footage that we got. There is some stuff that, like, we were talking about for the show. Like, there's some stuff that we missed that we kind of seen. We've seen a glimpse of, you know? And there's some of that. And don't get me wrong, Joker is my favorite character, but and I really wish that we could see a whole lot more of him. But I feel like they kind of held back to make us want it more. Because it's obvious at this point we're going to get him in that solo Batman movie, I think. I think I agree with Tom. I think that they withheld, but I still wanted to see more. Yeah. Like the, the moment I remember seeing like the set video of Harley's army, I mean, Harley being smacked by the Joker. I was like, where's that in the movie? I was looking for that. Where was the moment where Harley had the gun to his head? I didn't, I don't remember seeing that. Where's the moment where the Joker had the grenade and his face is blown off and like his hair is crazy. Where's that scene? Like I felt like they, if they had all these great sequences, why and they had, why couldn't they somehow find a way to salt and pepper that into the film, into the final product? I as I enjoyed Heath, I mean not Heath Ledger's, Jared Leto's portrayal as the Joker, um, but there there wasn't enough of him in the movie for me to completely forget about previous incarnations, i.e. Jack Nicholson, i.e. Heath Ledger. Like I thought he was, it was a giant trailer. For of his character for future films. As much as I enjoyed him, I wanted to see more. I wanted to see a lot of, a lot more stuff. All right, hold that thought for a second. We got Rihanna. She fell asleep, but she's on now. So let's get her thoughts. Well, overall, what'd you think of Suicide Squad? I know you were really harsh about the film. Like, I think you, get, you gave it like a four and a half out of 10. Four points. I did, yeah. Something. Yeah, I did. Um, I was not nice. Um... Yeah, um, I I love all of those characters so, so much. So it was kind of, it was, I was very, very harsh about it. But um, I know you guys really liked Joker. Um, he was my biggest hang up, I think. Um, mostly that just that he was, he was actually in love with Harley Quinn. And it was like a big plot point, point for him to like go save her. And he was like visibly distraught in a couple of those scenes where he was like, bring the car around. Um, and uh, I think that that is not, necessarily that makes harley quinn a very different character um it makes her just a psychopath rather than 
a psychopath and also a domestic abuse file like victim um and that's that's that was weird to see um yeah was that was that was it just because of that is that what warranted your four and a half out of ten no other um, issues much more so than that i think the i think that they could have even gotten away with that um if uh i think enchantress's uh whole thing where she was just like i'm mad that people don't worship me anymore and now they worship machines i'm gonna make a machine that's gonna kill everyone and then i'm gonna rule everyone after i have murdered them somehow the world would be mine it just it doesn't it didn't seem like it was a very i don't know there's so many things to be mad at in the entire world that you could have you know you could have been like uh i don't know they're they're poisoning the ocean they're making global warming happening or, or like any any very like any vast number of political issues you could have picked anything um for enchantress to be mad about she was just kind of like i'm mad about stuff and there wasn't like tension like nobody that we cared about was in any direct jeopardy they were like evacuating cities but like we did never really feel like the impact of that so it was like yeah well there's a there's a weird vortex but i mean like you said we've seen that before in superhero movies um i just there wasn't like a real sense of urgency or like tension or suspense and that was my real biggest thing i think so with that being said do you still stand by the four and a half or have you lowered it or raised it since then because you know, saw it again i think i could give it a five maybe even a five and a half but uh because i really really just wanted this to be Dark Knight level, suspenseful, clever, hilarious, and uh, and it never got there for me. Um, but I do think that I was maybe a little bit harsh initially. I want to go back to the uh, Harley Joker thing. Like, so your your Harley Joker relationship is, is you like the Joker really just doesn't care, and she's the psychopath that follows him around like a like a little schoolgirl crush girl? I I think that like a huge part of what makes her so relatable is that she's in love with somebody who doesn't care because I think that there's like uh I think that's there's a little bit of that in a lot of people um where they don't necessarily believe in themselves enough to like people that care about them. Um so like if if you are in love with somebody that cares about you that's that's validating and it's mutual and it's cool but i think for a lot of people that don't have quite the the self-esteem that you're supposed to have um in liking somebody that that doesn't actually care about you kind of what am i trying to say here um it validates your own feelings that you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or that you can be more and he's like it's not all you know he hates her all the time uh it's it's not a hundred percent just him being mean to her um there's there's some give and take there which is what keeps her around he does you know every every once in a while he'll do something where he's like no actually that was really really cool and i do really like you for these reasons but it's always self-motivated he's a sociopath um and i think that he is manipulative as a character and would definitely exploit that um but it makes it a very different relationship to have him miss her and want to be with her. And that was really jarring for me. Okay. That's fair. 
I had no issues with that, but to each his own when it comes to that. I, I kind of like that kind of take on it. Like, we don't get to see him being, like, the the usual Joker-Harley relationship. I thought it would put a new spoke in the wheel, I guess you could say. Because, I like I said, like, growing up on, like, the Paul Dini, he count, he's a very abusive to her mentally and physically and all that. Yeah. And I know that they cut out those, those extra sequences where he straight up slaps her, like we talked about that previously. But I think that him wanting to find her doesn't mean to me anyway doesn't really show that he's not still trying to be like abusive like to me like maybe he's looking for her to just like because she's like his partner in crime essentially like his like bonnie and clyde but at the same time he could he will go find her just to treat her like crap because i've got nothing better to do kind of a thing but he does, though. You know, he said, I've got um, grape soda and a bearskin rug waiting. Like, that's pretty sexual. That's, that's, it's not the same kind of, like, self-serving. I mean, it makes him a much more human character if, uh, if he cares about other people that aren't just, you know, the means to an end that is killing Batman. And that's quintessentially, to me, what Joker is. I, I don't know. Like, that's just my, I mean, thoughts, Kyle, Tom. I see where she's coming from. I just, I, I, I just didn't mind that. I thought that their chemistry was great. And I thought that it worked out perfect for the film. I do see where the, him like longing for her and like practically like he needs her. Like she said, he was, he's like physically just distraught in some scenes over not having her around. Like that's a little off character, but. I thought it worked, you know. I, I like I, I it, it's a little, but I feel like they they to get them in the movie. I mean, I don't know. I like I didn't mind it. Like I know it's not like really the classic Joker Harley story, but to to go off of that, like I think that we're gonna get more of that because he does kind of treat her like shit, like that common scene. Like he's like, you're gonna dance, you're gonna dance on him, and you're gonna and. And Kyle's like, no, I don't want to do that's your girl and everything. Like I thought that that was kind of that what we come to know. Like he's gonna sacrifice his girl for the betterment of like to further his motivations. I'm pretty sure See, he never actually intended way, to give her over there. Yeah, I interpreted that way, way different. That was like I said earlier, where they trap his crazy plays off of her crazy and her crazy pushes him to another crazy, and that was a trap just to do that to him they wanted him to be uncomfortable before the inevitable happened interesting interesting because i read that that way i don't know like all those scenes are definitely up for interpretation but i was a fan of common getting killed like i thought that was awesome so i laughed really hard during that i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) um but we just got done talking about like our favorite moments uh my favorite moment of the film was uh, seeing the Joker and Harley in the pink Lamborghini. And then all of a sudden you see the Batmobile peel out. Um, Rihanna, what was your favorite moment or scene in Suicide Squad? Um, it's, I think the, um, the intro moment, like each individual character, as they get introduced, they almost all kind of have theme music. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool, um, the way that they, they cut that all together. 
I don't know if I could pick one singular moment that I was like, yes, you guys are doing this right. Excellent job. Um, it just it seemed like they had so much money and that so little of it went to scripting and story stuff. Like, I thought the cast nailed it and they were as good as they could have been. But I don't know if I could pick one moment where I was like, you guys really, really did a good job here. Interesting, interesting. She brought up the music, man. And I just wanted to point that out. And Justin always says I'm the music guy, but I mean, they had the Rolling Stones in this. They had ACDC. They had Sabbath. They had Eminem. They had Lil Wayne and Wiz Khalifa. Like Kevin Gates, Black Sabbath. They had everybody in this. And and that's not just very cool. That's just not in the movie. Like they had Imagine Dragons at the very end. Right. Yeah. They paid money. They had Queen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They paid tons of money for those. So they paid a lot of money for that. And just that alone just made me happy because, like, all the music really played off of each character, especially, like, yes. uh, the Eminem. I was like, yes, I haven't heard this song in so long. I forget. It was one of those moments where I, I forgot, and that plays so perfectly well for the character. So I was really, I was really. We Super Freak for Harley Quinn. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of seeing the different looks of the joker and harley like we got to see harley and the joker in like the cl- in like the classic harley onesie uh we got to see like the 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 alex ross are pretty much come to life what did you guys kyle did you like that did you enjoy that because i know some people are like you know seeing see, after seeing that i was like nah, i kind of like what they were going for with the other costume it didn't really work for me i think in that brief moment that we saw it ended up working really well for me it was just like, here's a throwback to a classic kind of art piece that a lot of people already know. Yeah, I was, I, I like the way that they pulled that off because, I mean, I think she would have gained a lot more just crap over the internet if she had been in that classic, like, onesie with the dangly ear things. Floppy like ears. The floppy ears. But I just seeing it like that, and with Joker, the way he was dressed, that was just, it was that perfect snippet. And it was kind of a cute little flashback memory of Harley's. Nice. I think it worked as like a memory. Like it served the purpose that it was supposed to. Also, when they, uh, when everybody was getting dressed, getting out of their prison stuff, uh, she does pull the onesie out and kind of like dances with it a little bit. Right. Um, which was great. But also, I was a little bit salty that she also pulls out the mallet, which is her kind of signature oh. thing, and then goes for the baseball bat instead. I'm sure it was, like, easier to carry around, but I love that mallet. I mean, me and Tom have carried some mallets in our lives before, and it's not as easy as carrying a bat. Just saying. Oh, I've carried a, I've carried a couple of mallets. You can crack some skulls with that. That's what, the idea. I would have liked to seen someone get beat upside the head with the mallet, not going to lie. But the baseball bat was pretty pleasing. It, it worked. I, I can see why they went with the, t- the choice they that had, they did. They had that punk cool down perfect. Like, when she hit something, they had, like, that, that like, perfect when you hit the baseball in the sweet spot. It was, like, they had the awesome sound effect. What did you guys think of the looks of everyone? Now that we kind of, like, because Deadshot really didn't, like, he looked like Deadshot, but not really. Like, the mask wasn't on all the time. Did you prefer him without the mask? I, mean, I thought it was cool that the Deadshot costume was basically exactly what it looks like in the comic books. It doesn't 
it didn't matter is because they, they took so many liberties with everybody else's costume that it it was cool to have him be exactly as he was in the comic books i was really i didn't hate it but i really was distracted by the uh the lettering on his collar for some reason yeah. i don't i don't know why or what it is about it but it says uh on the light the way and it's just I, the where it's placed and how like large it is it was just really distracting for me for some reason i can't really explain it other than that interesting interesting kyle i don't really have any issues with that shots costume like you know there, there are a couple of times where i thought maybe you should be wearing the mask right now but he's will smith you gotta show off that he's will smith you know <laughs> yeah um well, they, they really played into it with the whole, like, when I put this mask on, I kill people. You know, people die or whatever he said. Interesting, interesting. So what? So let's jump into back to some negative stuff. Now, the Hollywood Reporter. Since what we're, was that? Since in, we're, in, on the note of, uh, of, of costumes, what did you guys think of, uh, of Leto's teeth? Liked it. <laughs> I was down. I liked it. I I liked the the more modern era Joker. I just I dug the tattoos and the teeth. It it all worked really well. I'm still not really crazy about the look of Leto's Joker. I know they're trying to go for a more modern look, but he just kind of comes off as an angry teenager to me. He <laughs> did, and I thought that, I think they could have fixed it if he was like. I don't know. He wasn't quite as sharp or witty or funny as I wanted him to be. Um, like I went back and watched Dark Knight. I went. I went back to back. I watched Dark Knight when I got home the second time. I went to go see Suicide Squad, and like when you watch Legend, like you laugh at a bunch of the stuff that he's doing, and then a second later you realize why he's laughing. And you're like, oh shit, that's really dark. Um, and I wanted some elements of that. Uh, I just didn't feel like Leto really made as. Me I mean, the the theaters that I was in. Nobody was laughing, and that bummed me out. I felt like the, uh, I felt like he was more like somebody that could have, like, ran a crime organization more than, like, uh, like the psychotic, like lone wolf Joker that we're used to. Like he, he felt like a mob boss almost. Yeah. I have nothing really to add to that. Like, everyone kind of hit it on the head. Um, we did it! Yay! Good job, Tim! I mean, just get a look at that! What are we looking at, Tom? Last I knew, we were looking at DC Extended Multiverse on Facebook. So why would we be interested in this page? They have the latest and greatest DC Extended Multiverse news. The other day I was watching this old Superman Returns trailer. It was amazing. They have fan casts. They have news updates, comic book talk, they post other trailers from other superhero movies from DC. It's amazing. Oh, go figure. Look at that. Yeah, man, all this just a click away at DC Extended Multiverse on Facebook. I don't know. I'm not so sure about it. Would you look at it? There's a community over 100,000 people who have liked this Facebook page. They're always commenting liking stuff they're always always mentioning things that are happening in the dc extended multiverse I, you gotta look at it this way okay you just gotta look at it that's all you can do anymore 
It seems like I've convinced Tom and Kyle. Have I convinced you, Paul? Yeah. You heard it, guys. It's that good. You need to go to Facebook and check out DC Extended Multiverse. DC Extended Multiverse. DC Extended Multiverse. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the ho- after after the film was kind of, a, like, we were starting to get, like, the negative reviews. Kim Masters from The Hollywood Reporter uh, posted an article where she said that uh, the studio uh, took the film away from David Ayer, that they had... Uh, uh, different. They had they brought in like a different editing group to edit the film to make it more pop to pop more because the original version of the film was pretty sardonic and dark and somber, kind of like BVS. And the reactionary to that was because of the negative reaction to BVS, they had a you know light. I get I wouldn't say lighten it up, but to make it more fan friendly, to make it less what bbs was and more of kind of like fun entertaining like multiple viewings kind of a thing so she i'm trying to think was there anything else she said that the that the movie has to make like 750 750 million dollars to to for Warner brothers to be happy now if this is true that they they took the movie away from david ayer now he came out and said that he that the movie what's in theaters is his movie um if that's true do you think that warner brothers is shooting themselves in the foot because you had the Zack snyder ultimate edition which is actually more beloved by fans and critics and now we have suicide squad that was kind of if it's true was taken away from air do you think that they're shooting themselves in the foot now at this point i'll start with tom uh, I don't think it's really hard for me to, and I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. I don't. I, th- I think they're just really worried that they have to compete with Marvel and they're just trying to do everything they can to change fans opinions on what to expect of these movies. Like, cause in Suicide Squad, there are some moments where you can definitely tell that this is like a, sh- a scene that they reshot for, for some reason to change the tone. Cause like it'd go from being a scene where they're like out at night, dark and stormy. And then next scene they're out in the middle of the street under like a street lamp and it's bright and colorful and they're making jokes. And then the next scene, it goes back to being dark and kind of gloomy. Like it was just thrown in there. Like, Hey, here's a, here's a little thing that kind of changes the mood. It kind of lightened up here. And then like it moves on. And the whole movie feels very fast-paced in a sense. Like, it was edited by a trailer company. Like, there was not enough scenes like the bar scene where the characters just kind of were able to talk to each other and get to really get to know each other. Because, like, none of that really happens until that bar scene at the end. Right. Uh, I, I remember... Th- Go, Go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Um, it's It's tough to say whether they're shooting themselves in the foot. Um, it's uh, it's tough to say whether they're they're shooting themselves in the foot um, simply be, without seeing the original cut. But like, I remember somebody tweeted us and said, you know, what's your favorite line from Harley? And the the thing that came to mind for me was the the scene where they're in the bar, at least from the trailers, where uh, Diablo's like, I'll have a water, and she's like, smart. Um, and I like there, and you also mentioned, you know, missing the scene where Joker hits her, and there was a bunch of other stuff that sounds like it was gonna be in there that ended up not being. And, uh, yeah, 
So it's it's hard to say. I think that at this point, that like kind of like to piggyback off what Kyle said, I think that DC is trying to do so much to catch up to Marvel and catch up to the other studios that have a shared universe already established. And what they're doing, you know, if if they do, because I'm pretty sure they took the movie away from Ayer. Like, it, it, just from, because Kim Masters is usually really spot on with that stuff. The only thing that I know that's not true is the $750 million. It has, more, Suicide Squad has to make $600 million for the studio to be happy. Not the 700 or 750 It has to make $600 million. But I think that the studio is meddling with the original versions of the film. Because, what, like, what happened with BVS... That Ultimate Edition is so much better and so uh, on put. And given mm-hmm. and Zack Snyder is a talented director, why are, and you're hiring another talented director like David Ayer, and to watch uh, the Tank movie uh, Fury, which is incredible. If you're going to hire these directors, just let them go and do that. Like you can have your studio notes, but to completely meddle with their their product with their with her editing, taking scenes out and putting things in that really don't make sense. Like in BVS's case, like them taking out so many scenes really did a disservice to the overall product that you're putting out. Like you're spending all this money in trailers and, uh, in marketing and for them to like, like take out scenes of like the Joker with a bomb. Like I wanted to see that. That was something I was really looking forward to seeing. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot. And I think that what they need to do is I think there's one person in charge. Now I'm just going to throw out a name. Like, I don't know this for sure, but whenever there's anything bad happening at the studio, this person comes out and kind of uh, airs on the side of that's not true. And like with BVS and now suicide squad, Greg Silverman is coming out. I think he's the issue. Every time there's any negative, uh, anything negative happening, he comes out and says, you know, that's not true. Like we let the filmmakers, blah, 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 blah. But whenever he, like, like this is the second time in a row where he's come out and said that the filmmaker had his original vision, but that's not true. Like we know for a fact, BVS was not Zack Snyder's original vision. And Greg Silverman comes out and says it was. And now same thing going with Suicide Squad. He comes out. It sounds to me like he's the issue. Like whenever anyone says, I hate drama, I'm I'm the least. I'm the person who dislikes drama the most. Well, lo and behold, you're probably the most drama filled. And like here we are with Greg Silverman. Like he comes out trying and kind of is trying to negate all the things that you know we're hearing filter through because that stuff. You know, rumors start have to start somewhere. Nobody just throws out a rumor because you know they have nothing better to do. Like it has there has to be some truth based upon it for them to for it to even be a rumor. So I think he's the issue. I think he's going into meddling with these films. And he's not a filmmaker. Like, he's a studio exec. We love Zack Snyder. We we kind of, you know, we, we've seen how, you know, fans crapped on him, critics crapped on him. And now we're here with David Ayer. Like, fans are crapping on him as well. But it's not his their fault. If they're being hired to do a job, let them do it. If you're putting money up, that'd be like me trying – that'd be me – me hiring Tom who works at, let's say he cuts trees down and I say, I want this tree cut down. And then I go, Nope, I don't want to cut that way. Cut it a different way. And it falls and it kills. 
That's just stupid. <laughs> not what you're you're hiring that person to do a job because that's what they do. Yeah, that's what's the stupid. point of paying these guys to do what they do when when the studio takes what they do and they're like, exactly. we're just gonna do what we want to do. Like I understand, like you want your movie to reach. Like, you have investors who put in millions and millions of dollars at the end of the day, and you want to make sure that your investors stay happy. Right. But as, a, that, as an executive, though, wouldn't it make more sense, like, when it's still at a script level to just, like, say, no, I like this versus I don't like this? Or, like, you know, because it's not that you've got to have a shot list or something. Like, it seems like this is avoidable. Well, like, like when whenever you when I, you would know for, you know, instance, Rihanna, when you write something down, when you see it on you know, going from page to screen, like some things like don't work a hundred percent. So well, course, I think David Ayer, who's a some level. Well, sorry, what was that? It just seems like on some level you'd have a better idea from an executive standpoint if you were putting in the time to you know look over stuff beforehand and then kind of like being maybe even in a helicopter sense, like looking over production as it was happening. It seems like you could change less and maybe work with the directors a little bit more have at least some give and take in that rather than you know just cutting the final product to pieces and having yeah, and it i think that they're the very reactionary and it, i just think that when you have like i i don't know anything like i'm not, i'm not saying like i have inside information but just from like knowing like being alive and breathing air to understand <laughs> you know like i we all have jobs Whenever, whenever there's that one, you know, that person who wants to meddle things, they always come out and say, oh, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. I didn't say those things. It was usually Justin. Yeah. So that usually happens. It's that person who's doing the things that they're saying they're not to do to save face. To right. save, because at the end of the day, the studio has investors. The investors pay millions and millions of dollars for these films. And to appease the masses, you know, like they have to you know it's got to reach an audience it has to go across the world but at the end of the day if you're going to pay someone to do it x amount of dollars let them do it now if you want to change things why don't you go back to the drawing board with that that filmmaker because like i said david ayer is very like and watch one of my favorite movies fury is amazing they made a movie about tanks <laughs> about tanks that we've seen hundreds of times before interesting like that's what I'm. That's my gripe about this whole thing. What they need to do is stop being so reactionary. Let the movie just come out. Now I understand they want to make the movie a little bit more pop and a little bit more hip and everything. That's fine. But when you you can change tonal tonal things, but when you're taking out you know huge story based things, you're really doing a disservice because like I wanted to see more Joker stuff, and apparently from Jared Leto. There's a lot of Joker stuff that was left on the cutting room floor. And he's saying that there's so much Joker stuff, you can make a whole movie out of that Joker stuff. And they cut out, like, over half of his scenes. And he said that. Like, he's on, like eight minutes. Yeah, like, he's, he's, you know, he's publicly said, like, yeah, like, they cut out a lot of Joker stuff. And maybe when I'm dead, you'll see that stuff. Like, like what? That's a little overdramatic. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little overdramatic, though. He's, he's just in character. Yeah. Is he sending everybody dead animals? <laughs> Don't give yeah. Jared your address. I mean, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to sit on my soapbox here too much longer. But I'm just saying, like, here we have an instance where it's we're we're pretty much zero for three in the DC universe. Man of Steel didn't really pop like okay. it wanted to, and as much as we enjoyed that end sequence 
a Superman killing everyone, allegedly. Like people rub people the wrong way. People got rubbed the wrong the wrong way with BBS. And the same thing kind of happened with Suicide Squad. So what's going on here? Where's the common denominator here? It's people at the studio. People at the studio, slay off. Let these guys do what they're doing. This is not a Joel Schumacher, Batman and Robin. Just let these guys do what they do. And now I think with the inclusion of Jeff Johns, if the studio, we all know the studio is very conservative. They don't, they don't really want to change their mold. They're stuck in this Chris Nolan kind of keep everything hidden until the movie's out. Blah 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 blah. blah. Do you I think, think that, that maybe played into? It felt to me like the uh, not to hit too hard on that domestic abuse note from earlier, but it seems to me like they were maybe shying away from having that controversial elements of like, oh, there's a dude hitting the main character right now. We can't have that. <laughs> I mean, there <laughs> that could be like that to me. Apparently, they also cut a lot of Captain Boomerang stuff out because in the original version, he was actually quite racist and very out there with his personality. And they cut all that off because he doesn't come off like that Super at all. Boomerang, yes, he's a drunk Australian. <laughs> but apparently, they thought that would be too offensive to some people, so they had to make it more friendly, more approachable, you know? Aww. Guys, we got to quit with these stereotypes. We can't do that. <laughs> I just That's like... what Captain Boomerang quintessentially is a stereotype. Like, he's Wait. a bad. He's a bad stereotype. Yeah. I mean, like like I said, the studio needs to just lay off. Let the and they also need to be evolving. They need to they need to take these these new these new people that they have in charge, like Jeff Johns. Let these people actually do what they're being paid to do. Don't let it just be in name only. Because if you're gonna just have an in name only person, why don't you save some money and just let pay me, Tom or Kyle or Rihanna? We'll do it. We'll just we'll just be like, yep. Whatever the studio says, just pay us. Studio we'll wants to give me a job. I'll do it. Let's do it now. I'll be, yeah, a, yes I'll man. be the middle man. I'll just say what they said. <laughs> I will be the fall guy if it means I get to work for them. Let's go. Well, like, like the point that we are trying to make is when it comes down to these things, the studio needs to lay off. These people are entrusted. Like you obviously greenlit the movie on an original. Like I was watching, you know, Charles Robin, the producer. He said that the movie was essentially greenlit in the pitch room. He pitched the movie. They thought it was good enough to spend to give him one hundred seventy-five million dollars. Yep. Obviously, the movie is, you know, just in a you're greenlighting a movie in the pitch room. That's that's pretty good. Like let the let them do it. Let them go. And I mean, there was rumors that he only had six weeks to write the movie, which, you know, like Paul Dini said, he wrote Batman Beyond Return of the Joker in two weeks. If you can do, if Paul Dini can do that, David Ayer, who's, who is uh, a seasoned writer, he wrote Training Day, he wrote End of Watch, he wrote, you know, Fury. If he, if he can write those movies, he can, he can do a little research and write Suicide Squad. Just let these guys do what they need to do. Because at the end of the day, you're not hurting, you're not just hurting yourself, you're hurting you're hurting your financiers you're hurting your investors you're hurting uh you know the the merchandise people don't who bought bvs merchandise no one <laughs> no one bought that stuff you're hurting all these other things and then essentially you're hurting dc comics you're hurting then you're hurting the fans there's a lot of things that have been going on just lay off let these guys and like i said to me i think greg silverman's the issue i'm sure i'll get a uh a cease and desist this this episode of the podcast because when he hears it, he's like, "Screw you guys, I'm going home." Kind of a thing. So now South Park's gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so would you want to? Do we want to jump into questions? 
I think that kind of runs into the uh, the other side of that, though, with the box office being the way it is right now. I mean, it did get two hundred sixty-seven million in three days, and they're they're yeah. almost half there. Good. So. It's the it was the largest box office for a weekend in August ever, right? And the closest one was yeah, like I think it got I wrote on it like it got like one thirty five point one million. The yeah. closest to it was Guardians of the Galaxy in twenty fourteen. They only had ninety four million, but the what where Guardians was successful was that that movie had legs. BVS didn't have legs. This will Suicide Squad have legs? Well, I guess the only time will tell. With that, I think it does. I, I mean. Hope it, I hope it does. I think it does. So we'll see what happens. There was, a, there was only a 41% drop-off between the Friday and Saturday. I think the drop-off between Friday and Saturday for BVS was like 65%. Yeah. So people went and saw it a second and third time. So word of mouth didn't destroy that movie like that. And people went and seen it, like you said, another time or two. Kyle's seen it twice already. I I'm saw gonna, it twice, yeah. I'm going to see it again. I just haven't had time. I was doing a lot of stuff for the website this weekend, guys. Okay, chill out. Hey, it looks really good. Nice job. Um. Okay, let's jump into some Back. questions. As, as long as everyone's okay with that, are we okay? Yeah. With that. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Um. Question. <laughs> Do it now. Right now. <laughs> okay. So okay. So here's from Alex's Narrows. So I'm guessing Scott Eastwood dies after setting off the bomb, right? Can't kill him, Eastwood. <laughs> look at his dad <laughs> look at my dad <laughs> no i i mean yeah he'd have to i mean the bomb had two seconds on it he hit the button unless he swims redonkulously fast or had well, the aid of aquaman but batman had a nuclear bomb that he, he was able to like, fix the autopilot justin we're not going back to this <laughs> um it's dead bury it <laughs> That like Batman's parents? <laughs> uh, okay, from Cedric Ramos, one of our biggest fans. Cedric, we love you. Okay, he goes, um, I don't care about what critics say. However, isn't it worrisome that the DCEU is 0 for 3 so far with them? I'll throw this one to Rihanna since she's the she's the critic of the of the group. Um I I think that there's so much potential for all of these characters and all of these for the entire franchise in general. And it's, uh, it is really heartbreaking to see critics tear it apart, but it's also really sad to go in with really high expectations as I have for each of these movies. I think with the exception of, uh, of, oh, the, the Superman movie, the initial one, um, which, which my older brother dragged me to when I sat there the entire time. Batman is not, Batman is way cooler than Superman is. Um, but it's a uh, it's it's tough to see both the the harsh reception, but also the movies that don't quite live up to what we want them to be. Is what I would say. Interesting, interesting. Um, do you think WB will work harder to make good DC films after negative negative reception on three films? I'm a, I'll take this one, and that one's from Tre Trevin Brady at T underscore Brady ninety four. Thank you for that question. I think that we are, after Suicide Squad, that was like the old way of thinking with the films. With Wonder Woman going forward, we're going to be in the Jeff Johns world. Like the Jeff Johns producing, writing, it's going to be that. And 
from what we've seen of the trailer so far, especially the action, that movie just looks dope. I can't imagine them going 0 for 4, but then I said that with BVS and Suicide Squad, so who freaking knows? I, in my, We always in my, assume they're going to build off of what they did last time, and it hasn't quite happened yet. I, in my YouTube review, like my preview, I said, well, I think Suicide Squad will get 70 or 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nope. You meant fan, you mean fan opinion, right? Because if that's what you meant, then you're right. <laughs> you're right. I mean, yes. You're right there. I guess so. Um, what do you, do you guys have anything, anything to add to that? No. Okay. Uh, okay, here's a good one. Oh. From Brett uh, LFC Martin. Do you think they're saving the Robin flashback to the Batman film? In BBS, we got the suit and the and in Suicide Squad, Harley uh, being an accomplice to his murder. I want to say that is all I'm going to say. And if you're going to keep teasing it, you better show us eventually. I thought they were going to show this in Suicide Squad. Probably not, but probably in the next Batman movie. I would, have, I would, I would assume it'll be in Batflack's solo movie. I thought, like I said, I thought we were getting it with Suicide Squad, but nope. Nope. And so I haven't seen the the extended cut of BVS. Did it not happen there? Because that's that was the reason I was gonna see the extended cut. Nope. No, but the extended cut is amazing. Okay, I'll what? give that another shot. Yeah. It was really good. It clears up a lot of bad editing. Not all the way, but enough. <laughs> Doesn't really um, help does it the make end, the pacing it thing with Thomas and Martha Wayne's death a little bit more natural? No, not the same. <laughs> All right, cool. That's what I needed to know. No. Uh, here's a question from uh, we already Jordan Valdez. We already answered your question. What was your favorite Harley line in the movie? Yep. Uh, Pace and Pete, Pete Bonavides. We haven't yep. talked to you in a while. Uh, do you guys like that we finally got a mid credit scene after mm-hmm. three DCE movies? Want more or do they matter? I could care less for them. I mean, it was cool to see him, but I don't need it. Yeah, I don't really care for him. It, it, it is what it is. I'm not mad it was there by no means. But, I mean, I, get, I take it for what it is. It's just kind of a little bonus Easter egg at the end it's of the like film. It's like a cherry on top. Yeah. If, I, if they don't happen all the time, I don't, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I don't think they were even going to have that originally. That's just kind of something that came up as they decided to start put, putting more pressure on uh, getting Justice League going. I think that's what spawned that. Um, we got one on the Facebook from uh, our friend Lily Russell on Twitter. She's at LVOSOR3. Um, she hit us up on our Facebook page, which you can do too. Um, do you think there will be a big box office drop-off next week like BVS? I think that we're going to... At... It'll be interesting to see since the movie got $135 million opening weekend. If it only got like $35 million next weekend, I'd be like really surprised. But I think we'll get, it'll be somewhere between 50 and 60. Like it's going to drop off. Those always happen because the word of mouth. I think word of mouth's better for this movie. I just don't think we're going to, it's going to lose $100 million. It's I don't think BBS, it's going to, but still not great. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as harsh as BVS's drop off was because, like you, Justin just said, the, the word of mouth. Like everyone I've talked to, they're they're pro Suicide Squad. For the, I really haven't ran into anybody that I know that was like, oh, that's complete dog crap. You know, Rihanna. 
I have actually heard a couple people who like it seemed like they were deliberately avoiding talking to me about it because they thought that I really loved it and they wanted to respect me. Um, <laughs> so that's been that's been my experience. And uh, I was like, they they probably could have spent more time on you know a couple of these details. And they're like, oh my god, right? So that was that's been my general reaction. I think it probably will drop off, but I do think it's an objectively better movie than I think it's more of a feel good movie than. Uh, than Batman Superman was. So I think it'll be better received than that, but I do think it'll drop off in the next week. Um, from Kate Reed at Tana 8 First time she's ever asked a question, I believe. With the Brad Critics review of Suicide Squad, do you think we'll see more big changes in the DCEU behind the scenes? I, Like I said, I think the person I need to go is Greg Silverman. I think that he's the, the Achilles heel. I think he's the... The person, I think he's been the issue. Like I said, like, I don't, like, I don't have any inside information. So nobody go on the war path because of me, but whenever anything bad happens, it's pretty odd that he's always the one standing up saying that was dead. That never happened. So I think that he's the problem. So I think that I don't like, I don't know if anything behind the scenes will happen with that. It'd be interesting to see. I think that maybe a, future directors who are who are interested in joining the DCEU will probably be more apprehensive because this is the second time in a row where the studios meddle with their films. So I don't think a lot of filmmakers who go in to movies and are passionate, who want to spend a year or two on a project to just have their movie ripped away from them. I mean, I'm sure the pay is amazing, but at the end of the day, like you're paid to, be an artist you're paid to be a filmmaker you know like you want your vision to be out there not uh interpretation so yeah i don't know it's it's tough to say if if the movie does not make 600 million dollars like like i said that's the that's the that's the press if it doesn't hit that mark then then yes i think something will happen but who knows more studio shakeup who knows who knows what's going on over there these all this shakeup could just be in name only. We don't know. Just it, it only time will tell. Um, this guy has the best friggin' Twitter name ever. Who? Trey Mitchell. Yeah, he does the Trayinator at the Trayinator. Duke <laughs> Cass as Nightwing in the DCEU. Scott Eastwood. <clears throat> Scott Eastwood. What about like? I don't, uh, who was it? Stephen McQueen. Stephen R. McQueen, the dude from uh, Vampire Diaries, he said he's a huge Nightwing fan and would totally be down for it. And he, like, kind of looks the part pretty well. I'd give him a shot. He does, but Scott Eastwood, man. Yeah. Some people want Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That'd be interesting. <laughs> you think so? We didn't ever get to see him, really. He was kind of a... I remember walking out of the theater going, how did you keep that secret that long? Everybody knew you were in the movie, but, like, nobody knew that. Who would you want to see, Rihanna? As oh, I'm the worst at this game. Um, I don't know. My initial thought was Tobey Maguire, and then I was like, no, that would be terrible. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Uh, interesting is a word that you could use for it. <laughs> I don't think it'd be good. Um, no, I have no idea who we would cast as Nightwing. I would need to think. I would need to sleep on that for a couple of days. You're gonna have to write an article about it next week. So <laughs> okay, I will do that. For making everything go buzz buzz during the podcast. 
Top five, everybody that Rihanna would cast as Nightwing and why that would be a bad idea. I'll do it. Awesome. Okay, from uh, Kyle, do you have anyone? You're not good at this either. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> but, but sad Nicolas Cage, right? <laughs> sad Nicolas Cage. Oh, oh, Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> Can Jerry Seinfeld be the Riddler? sounds good to me riddle me this it's fun this right now <laughs> from at bat boy 1989 uh which character would you like to see in suicide squad 2 minus poison ivy if not <laughs> next question uh honestly i'd like to see lex luthor Ooh. i thought we were gonna get him like they teased that so much we're gonna see lex luthor and it never happened I was surprised initially that they weren't going to throw Killer or King Shark in there. I thought we would be getting him instead of Killer Croc. I think the the Killer Croc uh, that they that they threw in there was really cool, but I was initially hoping for King Shark just because I think that'd be really hard to pull off. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised that the prison there wasn't actually Arkham. It was something else. It was Bobby. Like it is in the in the comic books, though. Um, they put them in a different, separate facility for whatever reason, because Amanda Waller's in charge of that one. So, read your comics, Kyle. That's what Rand yeah, said. I just read one. <laughs> God. Um, this what is Scooby Doo does not count, Kyle. Batman is everything. <laughs> True story. From this one of Rihanna's friends, JD at Nevistroff. The top three things. What was that? <laughs> What what would you say? How do you pronounce oh, that? I have no idea. Okay. Um, I just JD as far as I know. Okay. Thanks. The top, the top three things you change about the film. Okay. I'm so glad you asked. Um, I would change Enchantress's motivation to be something concrete that we cared about as an audience. Uh, something that was much more tension building. Um, and then probably, honestly, I think I would start with like in the middle of whatever that thing was, whether it was, you know, uh, a villain threatening somebody that we as the audience cared about or something of that nature and do kind of like a retrospect, like where you start in the middle and then you go like, wait, let me back up. This is where this story starts, then introduce the squad and then kind of come back to that, that middle piece and then have the big fight at the end. Also, my uh, my changes that I would make to the Joker and Harley dynamic, and those are the three things that I would change about Suicide Squad. Thank you. Tom, go. Uh, uh, <laughs> follow that. No, um, I think I would. And I'm bad at this game. I would change. I know that we seen a lot of action, but the action felt like centered on specific characters for the most part. Like I would like to see Killer Croc really fighting. No, exactly. I would I would have liked to seen like more team based action where they were working together to do things and accomplish more stuff. I think that would have been cooler to kind of change up the the dynamics there. Um, I would change. I would change. I still I'm just not a fan of the the beginning how they it just dragged through in the prison. I, I would change the pacing of that make it a drag make it go a little quicker and get, prison. get to the action more and i really really hated that flag mm -hmm. and enchantress were banging like i just i hate that storyline <laughs> kyle all right so remember how earlier we we're talking about how it was kind of weird that they went and saved the waller in the middle of the movie yes what if 
they went and had to get Bruce Wayne out of there. That would have been a good scene. And then Bruce Wayne is just hanging out with the squad. No one knows that he's actually the Batman. He's just kind of there because, you know, he's he's an important VIP. And if he gets stuck in the tower, I mean, Mando might just be like, oh, we got to go save this rich guy. I think Kyle just placed his resume for directing and writing movie. It doesn't matter because they're just going to take it away from you, Kyle. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, he's going to change there's, it. There's a the chance. <laughs> so that's the first thing I do. It would just be really interesting because in the later part of the movie, Amanda doesn't really do anything anyway because she kind of just gets captured. Um, yeah. Second thing, let's give some of the characters like Killer Croc and Katana actual purpose in the movie rather than just like one or two scenes that they can put in a trailer. It, they didn't do anything. They were just there killing things. And uh, lastly, just completely rework Enchantress. Let's get rid of her stupid plot. Let's get rid of her stupid motivations. And let's get rid of her stupid dance. <laughs> that was, that was, I don't know. It took me out of the moment. Okay, for me, uh, the Enchantress, I hated that that trope that we've seen in Fan Four Stick, Avengers. Pretty sure it happened in Avengers 2 as well. Sure, there's other movies. Didn't it happen in Apocalypse too, where they had a portal? I think so. I kind yes. of forgot. Oh my god! Like, so we've seen the portal thing. Come up with something else. I don't want to see that anymore. Uh, no more portals. It's <laughs> something that makes sense. Explosions. Um, number two, let the filmmaker make his movie. Like I know it's not really something you I would change about the movie, but just let if you pay someone to do a job, let them do it. Um, and number three, I would have loved to have seen more Joker. Uh, no, I'll take, I'll, no, I won't do that. I want to see Batman punch Joker in the face in this movie. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw Batman punch Harley Quinn in the face. That was pretty, yeah. everybody laughed when that happened. Why couldn't I see Batman punch the Joker in the face? Just saying. That would be really satisfying. Just saying, you get me, you get me to see in that seat at least one other time, one more time. This is how I lost my teeth. <laughs> that I would have loved that actually. So I think that's it for this episode. I know we went a little extra long. Usually we don't. Wait, one other go, thing. What? Should we have the squad hate each other more at the beginning so that it meant more when they at the end when they're like we're a family now? Um, I think that some, that some changed that contract be nice. played up really hard and they didn't go for it. We're the bad guys, but we're doing more good things than the good guys. I mean, yeah, they, they did so say more people than Superman. Like, we're the bad guys and we all hate each other. Why are we working together? This is terrible. Oh, actually, you're kind of cool. Let's let's see more of that. Let's bang. <laughs> I mean, actually, there's like a whole storyline where Harley Quinn and Deadshot hook up, and you're never sure if it's because she wants to like use him to get back to Joker or if she's like genuinely interested in him. And I was bummed out that we didn't see any of that. That was one of the best parts about the animated movie. Yeah, it's in uh, Assault on Arkham, and it happens in the uh, the Suicide Squad. Kicked in the Teeth, I think, is where that one starts. It's really, really a good story. Um, but we didn't get that. I'm sad about it. No, we didn't. So, yeah, I think that's uh, it for this episode. I know we went kind of longer than usual. Let's keep going. <laughs> I think we're at like an hour and a half. Usually we try to get... Oh, my, yes. What'd you say? Well, Rihanna slept through Rihanna. half of it. She did. Crime uh, doesn't sleep, but I guess I do. Whatever. Well, you can also go to uh, the Facebook page at Shailene on Bat, and you can check out Rihanna's nice cosplay that she she did for Suicide Squad. She's a little Harley Quinn action. You can check that out. 
You can out there. I can do that. Yeah, it's on there. I haven't seen cool. it. Anyway. Yeah, it's on there. And then, uh, yeah, make sure you get a hold of us there. Make sure that you hit up our Facebook page. Make sure that you uh, leave us a review on I'm iTunes. Serious. That's like that's really important for us. I know it doesn't seem like much, but if you could do that, it is a big deal. And we would very much so appreciate it. And we might even hook you up with something. You never know. Yeah, so make sure that you follow all of us. You can follow uh, Tom at Batman Bass Lap. You can follow Kyle at Looting Kyle. You can follow me at Batman Chandler. You can follow Brianna at... Brianna Holland, which is hard to spell. It's R-H-E-A-N-N-A-H-A-A-L-A-N-D. Say that 15 times fast. I do, every time I make an appointment. <laughs> you can f- make sure that you follow... Uh, Make sure you follow our like like Tom said. Follow the Facebook page. Facebook, we got like sixteen more likes this week because of all the Suicide Squad weird stuff we were doing. So make sure you're doing that. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Shailen on Bat. Make sure that you follow our other podcast at Lords of Film. Then you can follow Rihanna's podcast at Takeout Comics. You can read our stuff at www.shailenonbatman.com and www.podcastempirenetwork.com make sure that you're doing that so we want i want to take a second to really thank someone who went out of their way to do something freaking phenomenal for us i want to thank amandas at dceusa uh for making some really kick-ass logos for us like we we i just like yes. said hey would you be interested in doing this? Like, here's where I like my idea. Whatever you want to do, and he ran, not only did he run with it, he made it look incredible. Like, we are so blown away by the fact that you like just the very few descriptions that I gave him. Just like he went with it, ran with it, flew with it. It was incredible. Like the new logo that we have right now is the Joker one, like the Suicide Squad, but he made some really incredible stuff. I know he's got like a Tom King one that he finally finalized. I know he's got a Batfleck logo that he fi- that he's working on right now. So I just want to take a moment thanking him for doing an amazing, incredible job. Like, like I said, like I was at a loss for words. I remember showing Tom and Kyle and they were really like holy crap and i i went to lunch with mark hughes and i like showed him he's like wow that's that's really kick-ass stuff so really thank you for doing that uh we, we really can't appreciate it enough just thank and we you. won't be like the studio and change it no the way that you made it for us yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so thank you, Amanda. Uh, we're going to send you some comics. We're going to throw you some comics your way. So appreciate it. Uh, and that's going to be it. Like, thank you, man. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I'm just still blown away by it. For episode 70 of Shailen on Batman, I am Justin Chandlin. Tom Harper. Kyle Davis. Brianna Holland. Yeah. Okay, can you do we want to do that Patreon stuff though? Do you want to throw that in there somewhere? Patreon? Want to make a commercial? Coming soon. We do need to make a commercial for that. I'll make a fucking commercial. Make a commercial for that, man. Let's let's do some lines right now. Are Not we, lines like like lines for talking. Is it for Patreon? 